in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another brand new episode of Topic Thunder. Here from the Top 10 Show, I am Don Roca. And I am Matt Nost. This is a show that we do for our patrons. Uh, there's a special email address, and they can send in questions and topics, whatever they want us to talk about. We have no idea what it is until we see the email itself. Yeah. And is it my turn to start? Uh, I don't remember. I think it might be my turn to start. Or no, no, maybe it is your turn to start. Go ahead. All right, whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. We'll have to make that decision at some point. Yes. So the first one comes from Heinrich Winterland. Okay. It says, hi there, John and Matt. I hope both of you are doing well. My question today mainly concerns football, a.k.a. soccer, but can be applied to pretty much any sport. Recently, the Norwegian Football Association has raised the issue of boycotting the 2022 World Cup in Qatar due to human rights uh, issues. My question is, are athletes morally obliged to refuse to participate in a tournament hosted in a country that denies basic human rights? Is it a trophy equally valid if earned through a tournament built on questionable ethics? Apologies in advance for being a downer, but the current World Cup qualifiers have got me asking a lot of questions. Your friend, Heinrich. Mm. His body is a winterland. Uh, all right. So um, my response to this is, well, if you choose to play for the national team, then you are subject to whatever the national team's football association decides. It does get nothing to do with your morality or your own personal ethics. If you are part of this, then you have to essentially go along with what they decide to do. So if they want to boycott the uh, World Cup, then so be it. But why are you participating in qualifiers then for that World Cup? Because if you're not going to go, why are you wasting everyone's time? That's the question I would ask overall. And I love the Norwegian national team, by the way. I've always been cheered for all the Nor- Norway, Denmark, Iceland. I like the Sweden. I kind of enjoy that whole area and cheer for all those teams mm-hmm. uh, equally to get in. So for me, that's what it comes down to. So you're not obliged to refuse to participate, certainly. But if you're part of this situation, you really have no choice to it. You can protest all you want. But in the end, the Norwegian Football Association makes the distinction of what's going to happen. And as for the trophy being equally valid if earned through a tournament built on questionable ethics, that's all subjective, you know, because you could argue, well, is the Toronto Raptors NBA championship somehow less valid because the Warriors were hurt? You can argue all those kinds of things overall. But in the end, it's whoever won, won, and they're the ones who get to walk around and claim to be champions for that particular tournament or that particular trophy. So, Yeah, I think... In that vein, the only time I would question it is if um, a preponderance of players, of key mm-hmm. players, decided to sit out and they still put a, a team out there in the World Cup, just mm-hmm. like, oh, well, they weren't at full strength and we all know it. So I, in like the, the road they had, they faced a bunch of teams that normally would have had all these individuals who boycotted. Mm-hmm. So maybe this championship doesn't mean as much. But overall, I agree with you. A championship is a championship is a championship. Yeah. Every team faces adversity. Luck plays into it. Um, it's, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. 
you can't really denigrate somebody for having accomplished uh, the feat. And I'm thinking in regards to like what you brought up with the NBA. Yeah. But it's a valid point. If you have moral issues with it now, why are you in the qualifiers? Hmm. But should a country, I mean, the, you know, we're trying to decide if we're going to go to China for the next winter Olympics as a nation. True. Um, and I am not entirely sure it's, you know, been a long time since, uh, political grandstanding, the Olympics has been used for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't mean grandstanding to belittle the human rights violations there. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's an interesting question. I don't know that there is a right answer. Uh, Yeah. Well, just if you believe morally that the, what they're doing is terrible and the number of worker deaths and situation there, the working conditions is pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, but the same thing happened in Brazil. The same thing happened in other tournaments, world cup tournaments and other, other countries, including Norway have turned a blind eye when they've qualified to some of the unsavory tactics that they've used to get these stadiums built on time. And some of the deaths that have happened as a result, uh, some of the, in Brazil, it was, you know, exorbitant the amount of people that died in the efforts to oh. build all those stadiums out so they could do the tournament yeah. there. And so, yeah. moving poor people out of certain areas yes. Yes. or putting up those huge, like on the interstate on one side, if you're, I guess if you're heading south to be south to be on the right side, cause the ocean's on your left and they just put up huge barriers with yeah. nice pictures on it, but to cover up all the slums as if there isn't a massive problem and we're all just turning a blind eye to it to celebrate these big games <laughs> when exactly. the amount and disparity of the poverty here is disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's anytime there's a huge event like this where they have to build something very specifically for it. There's a lot of questions. Yeah. To be, I, I, I think uh, people pushing for the Olympics having a few key cities where the infrastructure is already built in and then going forward, like Los Angeles would be a good spot for it because of the number of venues, the mm. pre-existing public transportation, and they're building that out as well. But to make it a permanent site, so you're not just displacing so many people, having a government like the uh, uh, the Summer Olympics was originally projected at like $7.4 billion and it's now up to 24 or 26 Yeah. And the people weren't, ha- you know, happy about spending all that money and now with the delays that's one of the reasons they're trying to push for it is like we've already spent three times what we budgeted uh so there's various pressures there i don't know it's a these huge sporting events bring up a lot of moral questions yeah this is a great point yeah they do bring up a lot of moral questions matt for sure because i mean a lot of these uh, countries that win these bids they build these stadiums and then the stadiums sit there unused or mm-hmm. Or uh, they, you know, the clubs that they try to hook up to these stadiums, the audience is like half full of the stadium or a quarter full of the stadium. They're not clubs that can sustain a full stadium. So it's a big, it's in the end, it's a big profit loss for them. So it was nice to have the prestige of doing the World Cup. But as you were speaking and talking about this conversation about having the Olympics in certain cities because the infrastructure is already there to support that, I kind of like that idea for the World Cup as well. Let's yeah. set up, you know, in, in seven separate continents, let's set up cities that you can do it in. And those are the only cities that get to host of the World Cup unless there's a city that, you know, sprouts a popularity boom and then creates these stadiums already to support mm-hmm. the football in their country, then great. They can host the World Cup or bid to host the World Cup. So to me, that's the thing at the end of the day. I like that idea more that a country or a city, rather, is already yeah. equipped to handle a World Cup rather than being built to well, handle the World Cup. 
because the bullshit of it is, especially with the IOC, hmm. they take on none of the financial costs to build any of this. Yeah, yeah. So they don't have much skin in the game, and then they get all the corporate sponsorship. That goes, like, I think the, the city gets 15 or 20%. Yeah. And the rest goes to the IOC. Just like, But they didn't outlay the expenses to do this massive thing. So the hope from the city is the exposure, the tourism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, I don't know. And then the corruption at the top, especially between IOC and uh, FIFA, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's, I mean, really blatant. It's not as oh, bad, yeah. I guess, as it used to be, but at the same time, doesn't mean it could get back to there once people stop looking so vigorously. Well, and I think that's what was funny about everyone going nuts about the Super League, like all these other owners and all these other federations. I was like, you're all fucking corrupt. You're all trying to get money. And these, you know, like Everton came out with that statement. Oh, we would never do such a thing. We would never sign up for the bullshit. If you were at any kind of prestige, like a like a Liverpool, like a like a uh, Manchester City or Manchester United, or even like Arsenal. An Arsenal. Even, yeah, I mean, way down there, Arsenal. I mean, if they yeah, had yeah. that kind of prestige, <laughs> then they would absolutely explore this possibility and possibly have been one of the six to sign up. So this whole like we yeah. are for the people nonsense. It drove me nuts. There's corruption and money up and down this. So and even to see the presidents of other football federations, the only reason they were pissed is because it's money out of their pocket. Not because they have some kind of moral grant stand that they're making. Yeah. Because you're taking money away from them because they like to lie in their pockets. Well, it also raises the prestige of the team. It increases a new revenue stream that they didn't have right. before that they can use against them. Yeah. Um, yeah. It opens up a can of worms. Uh, sure. uh, okay. Yeah. It's a tough question, Heinrich. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, there's honest. nothing you could do. You could probably sue as a player to try to force, but it would be impossible. You'd essentially be forcing uh, your federation to force them to field the team for these. It just wouldn't make sense yeah. overall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to our next one. Thank you, Henrik. And that's Robert Haley uh, here. He says, greetings, John and Matt, typing this out after listening to the Fincher episode and Matt making the claim that we've likely met all like we that we've likely all met serial killers. When my dad was in high school, he worked at a restaurant after school. The day manager at the restaurant was John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. They didn't interact much, but ever since I found that as a teen myself, I get chills thinking about it. Have either of you met or know someone who's met an infamous individual such as that? I just imagine replaying those encounters in my head to try and find clues as to the person they were underneath uh robert babo haley so really interesting question matt thoughts well um (laughs) i mean infamous like john wayne gacy no i have never met (laughs) a buddy of mine sat down and shot the shit with oj oh wow well he came out to a show and it was my friend in dice and he came up to him at the bar afterwards mm-hmm. and sat and talked to him for a while. Um, but, you know, my buddy's also, he was more than likely a court jester in a previous life because I've heard mm-hmm. him say things to people to their face and they always go, come on, I'm not that bad, am I? And he'll just continue and they'll laugh. And it's an amazing thing. You've never seen anything. I saw <clears throat> this guy, I won't say who he is. Uh-huh. but he was walking up and I said to him, I was like, Oh dude, this dude gives me the creeps <laughs> and he's just a creepy scummy dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has a little bit of power in this town. And he's like, Oh, this dude, 
He's definitely stood over an unconscious hooker. <laughs> oh, yikes. Well, yikes. no, saying it, guessing, just guessing. Mm. But it was, he was walking up to say hi to, to my friend. And yeah. my friend said it well within earshot. He was only a few feet away. And he's like, oh, come on, man. That's, you know, that's not me. And then he says a couple other things like, seriously, no, this dude, you're right. He is one of the creepiest guys I've met in Los Angeles. Yeah. And he's just sitting there laughing. And you're like, this is amazing. <laughs> so I can only imagine what the OJ conversation was like, but that's the biggest I can think of. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I've ever met anybody on the creepy side. I mean, I certainly met creepy people, but I don't know if I've ever met anyone that was famous for being like an unsavory. I mean, no, not really. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, no. I mean, I met David Arquette. Some people feel he's a little weird, but not creepy. Yeah. And I yeah. and I interviewed Jamie Kennedy, but I liked Jamie, so I, I didn't feel yeah, he was nice guy. weird or creepy. Yeah, yeah. so um, never heard no. he was creepy. Yeah, so I don't know that uh, I've ever kind of felt that way about anybody um, no. overall. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember if I've ever met anybody who's really. I mean, I've met. I can think of two homeless guys that I've met hmm. that just looking into their eyes scared the living shit out of me. Oh shit! Yes, I've had those interactions. For yeah. sure, in Los Angeles um, and in D.C., yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Where it's just like you don't even register as an entity oh. to this person. Like you don't – Yeah, you're really irrelevant like in a way that you've never conceived of until you look into a person's eyes like that who just sees you as like just not even human. Yeah. Oh, um, met a guy um, years and years and years ago. Mm-hmm. But he walked up and he was just started rambling about uh, the government is flying dead bodies to bury them outside of Las Vegas. But I can't remember for what conspiratorial reason. And he just kept repeating it in different ways over and over again. And I was in a, a spot where I just I had to stay there. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to I mean, he, he went on for a few minutes and then moved to another friend of mine and continued the conversation and then moved along. And I was like, that dude was but the scariest, I walked past a homeless guy in Vegas, mm. and he looked like um, if the Crypt Keeper had skin. Oh, wow. With a uh, horseshoe mullet, so bald on top. Mm -hmm. And then it was long, blonde, stringy. He, like, grows head and showered in forever in the back, super thin. Wow. So he looked just like the Crypt Keeper with skin. And I was walking past him. You know those escalators that go up to the walkways over? Uh, the yeah. main drag. Yeah. He was at the base of one of those by the upside and you had to walk past him and you see him and you're like, Oh my fucking, like the look in his eyes was beyond crazed. Hmm. Uh, that was probably the scariest human being I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I've never had an experience like that with, with a homeless person, but I've certainly had experience with people in certain bars or clubs where you like, hmm have an interaction and you're like oh my god this is like because i mean I've, I've been in some seedy fucking bars growing up especially in the military and whatever and you just kind of end up there because the people you choose as friends at the time and then yeah. you're just like holy shit man i can there are people who just have a complete and utter uh loss of life behind their eyes and when they talk about stuff you just like this you're actually the energy of evil like i know fucking mm -hmm. thanks like i'm I'm out of here with this shit, you know? And so, yeah, I've definitely had that. But the John Wayne Gacy thing is interesting. If you watch that uh, Peacock uh, documentary on him, I can, if Bobo, if you haven't watched it, 
Because, I mean, yeah, he was a fully functioning human being. He owned multiple businesses. He was he was doing well. He was like a member of the Chamber of Commerce in that scene. Yeah. So he was like a fully functioning. He wasn't sitting around like playing with his, you no, know, whatever. I mean, he, he was a fucking, you know, member of society. Upstanding. Yeah, got a putt-putt course. Yeah. Moved to the prison that he was in and got everybody on board with it. He was like a yeah. weird little Andy Dufresne. Yeah. Yeah. Except he was uh, guilty. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, madness, he was, madness. I know that that documentary was super interesting. Yeah. Especially that Sasquatch last isn't worth your time. I don't think. Oh, I haven't watched it. I, I don't watch those. I'm just like, it's not. Oh, no, no, it's about it's about a murder. Oh, OK. All right. That is up in Northern California in Humboldt County, Mendocino County, like pot growing area. Yeah. Yeah. And three workers died in the the reporter that was there at the time. He was a guy that would embed himself with like the Hell's Angels or the this or the that. Right. So he went to in the early 90s, a pot growing farm, an illegal one mm. and worked there for a time. And dude showed up and said three migrant workers got killed in a field by a Sasquatch. Because it's Sasquatch com- country up there, I guess. And the best, the best though, is the first Sasquatch expert they go to. That yeah. dude is an expert on nothing. <laughs> he talks like this, and he's like, "Hey, yeah, no." So Sasquatch is always like, and you're like, "This, this dude should never have expert attached to anything." Is he passionate about Sasquatches? Yes, but do I believe he's done any kind of research? I question his methods. <laughs> But I think the the documentary overall is not fine. Okay, yeah, we're we're almost done with uh, this one. That's uh, we we've gotten on the weekly train for Pray, Obey, Kill that is on HBO Max. It's a um, I haven't watched that one. It's a Swedish documentary um, about this guy about this certain section of religious people in Sweden in this town called uh, Notby K N O T B Y, and it's about this uh, guy, this pastor who like had his wife he was having an affair with uh, one of the parishioners and she, they had brought in this woman who was a young girl like 20 year old girl who was their nanny and he apparent and she was receiving these text messages from an unknown source that was telling her to kill this dude's wife and kill the uh woman that he's having an affair with the husband of the woman so one night she kills the dude's wife and shoots the guy, but there and the guy, and then they discover that it was the, the, in essence, through the court case, they discover that it was the pastor who was possibly sending these texts. So the girl got away with it, went to a mental hospital. He went to jail for life. But 17 years later, these two documentarians are investigating this and finding out more evidence that maybe the nanny never did it and that it was someone else who had done this. Uh, and the weird part of it is the pastor's first wife also died under mysterious circumstances uh, in his in his home. So it's a very, very interesting uh, a documentary that you're on multiple sides on as you watch it. So um, if, if you wanted to dive into another one, I'd highly recommend it. And Quite possibly. Yeah. And if you haven't seen The Investigation on HBO Max, that's a damn good one, too. That's also uh, a Dutch one or foreign one. Norwegian. Okay. Yeah. Another one to check out. I have not seen that one either. Yeah, that, that, that one's that one's a more of an acting one because it's about that guy who took that woman in the sub, raped her, and dismembered her. It's all about their investigation of how they found that guy. It's so mm. fucking chilling, man. But yeah, there you go. That's life right now. <laughs> yeah, that is that is life right now. 
Sadly, I'll probably check one of them out because we're once again short on TV. Oh shit! Oh shit! I know you burn through stuff. Yeah, I really uh, do, man. Yeah, like uh, the mayor of Easttown. I like that, and I'm thankful it's once a week because otherwise we would have burned through that already. She won't let me start it. She for our new rule now, Matt, because I because I'm an addict to this stuff. She's like. We wait until there's three episodes of a show, then we watch it. So why? Uh, because for her, she doesn't like to wait. She's very big on not waiting. So, um, so she's like, as as long as there's three episodes, that way we can dole it out and not feel like we're waiting for another episode. We can take our time through it. So that's her approach to things. So yeah, I have to adjust. <laughs> Teach to their own. Yeah. yeah. Teach their yeah. own. Uh, I'm yeah. assuming she can't call a shot with every show like that. No, because, and not with the show that I want to watch. No, yeah, the, yeah. Well, I do. We just back up all the TV viewing if you've got true. certain priorities and be like, I can't consistently wait for you. <laughs> yeah, I did it with, when Game of Thrones when I was fully. So I watched from the very first episode all the way to the end. I, mm-hmm. you know, didn't miss a week. Uh, so once we got married, I was like, I, I told her, you know, there was already a few seasons in. Like, you can yeah. watch this with me, but I am watching this on Sundays. And if you're yeah. not, if you're asleep, if you're busy, if whatever it is, I'm still watching. Yeah. I will watch it again with you, but I'm watching when it, you know, as, as quickly as I can. <laughs> or you can catch up. Like, well, it's the only show I've ever done that with where I'm just like, yeah. I, I'm not going to wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but everything else I will happily, it's fine. What I like though, is like, we have this thing where like, if we can start a show, if I like it or she likes it um, and the other person doesn't like it, then we're both good on like you go ahead yeah. and finish it, you know, because I have stuff I do at night with my other shows. So I'm in here in the office recording stuff. She's out there watching stuff that I don't. And then sometimes she wants to watch something and I want to watch. So I've set up the office so I can sit here and watch stuff. So it's perfect in that we have that separation because she's into that. The one, the serial killer one, the scorpion or the snake, whatever it is. That's oh, the uh, serpent. Yeah. The serpent. I, I was out after the first episode. She's it loving fine. it. She's I never loving. I didn't watch it. But. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Um, all right, should we move to do one more here before yeah. uh, before we wrap up here? Go ahead, brother. let's do it. Uh, this comes to us from uh, and thank you, Bobo. Uh, yes, this you, comes Bobo. to us from Nicholas Baldwin. Hey guys, hope you're all well as things start returning to quote unquote normal. Thanks again, Matt, for speaking to my wife and I a couple months ago. No worries. Oh, with the Scrubs podcast, I have revisiting. Pardon me, I have been revisiting that show. It got me thinking how I watched it through multiple times and at different stages in my life. Each time I connected with different parts. For example, uh, Guy Love is a fraternity man, several different versions of relationships I was in, imposter syndrome, etc. <laughs> Including now realizing it feels dated and mostly doesn't speak to my life now. Is there any short movie that is like that for you? One that has meant so much to, uh, to you for so many different reasons? or or And did you ever just quote unquote grow out of it? Be well and stay safe, Nick Baldwin. Um, good question. And Nick, if you have an eagle eye, I was an extra for I think season two or season three for a number of episodes on Scrubs. So if you ever go back and revisit it, uh, see if you can catch me in my big fat hair from back then. Mm-hmm. Um, a show that I used to enjoy. I mean, I guess the Cosby show, I can say I grew out yeah. of the Cosby show for a number of reasons. Uh, yeah, I don't go back and I used to watch all those 70 stuffs, but I rarely go back and watch like the Jeffersons or different strokes, which really kind of was a lot of what I grew up with. I rarely go back and watch that or happy days, which I used to love 
as well. So yeah, I've grown out of a lot of shows that I used to watch when I was younger um, because I'm, I've kind of already solidified pretty much who I am as a person. So those shows were great about like teaching you those experiences, as he said with Scrubs. Um, so I don't usually uh, go back and watch those that much anymore. What about you, Matt? As far as dated, I think most anything beyond a certain point looks dated. Mm. Seinfeld looks dated mm-hmm. at this point. Absolutely does. Yeah. Um, and I'll be curious as to whether or not it holds up over time. Yeah. Um, not saying it couldn't, but, you know, taste change and it's a yes. very, you know, uh, anyway, it doesn't really matter. Neither here nor there. And I think it's a much rare exception when I go back for TV shows. I kind of watch it and move on because there's so much television. Um, trying to think. The Office, I've seen a couple times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I'll go back and rewatch that anytime soon. Yeah. Um, let's see. what What is a good example of that? Something I used to love, though, and watch all the time and now feels dated. I don't know. There's a, I mean, yeah. Because I, I mean, it, it would feel dated to me if I still, if I watch it that many times, I'm always going to have love for it. Yeah. But there is a thing where you go back and you watch something and you're just like, ah, man, I used to enjoy this. How come it doesn't quite feel right? And you can say that about, I think Seinfeld's an excellent thing to bring up, Matt, because some of those jokes there, some of the things they say uh, now in 2021, you wouldn't necessarily be, or some people wouldn't necessarily be 100% cool with, you know, and you go back and watch some of that oh. stuff. There's Certainly. a teenagers react to that I happen to see. I don't really watch react videos, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but they were reacting to Seinfeld. And that's why I watched it. And I was like, oh, does it whole And, you know, they found it problematic to say the least. It <laughs> numerous, well, the clips that they were shown, right. and even when they missed the intent of what the joke was, they just took it on face value and be like, well, that's offensive for this, that and the other. And be like, well, actually, it's a joke about that. Right. That's the point of it is making fun of. They showed him one where the not that there's anything wrong with that. Talking about Oh yeah. Jerry and George were being confused for gay and not yeah. that there's anything wrong with that. And kids were like, That's that's so wrong. Like, you know. And I understand what they mean, but that right. episode won a Glad Award that year for being the most progressive and basically talking about the fact that it's the being gay is perfectly fine. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, it was award winning in its day. And now 20 some <laughs> years later, it's problematic. So I'll be curious yeah. to see if that one, but at the same time, it's, you know, certain episodes in that I think are timeless, but there are others that are entirely dated to me and they were kind of within a few years of it coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, let's see. I guess I if I watched current Simpsons, I would be sad. Mm-hmm. just for what it once was to me. But at the same time, I haven't watched Simpsons religiously in 20 years. Yeah. I mean, I feel like South Park is one that I've kind of grown out of. Like I enjoyed it at the, when it first started, obviously the culminating with that movie, but then I just kind of didn't like, it was at the time where I was like, Oh, they're saying these things or it's funny, these mm-hmm. things and they're skewering society in a way um, but in the end, you just kind of get tired of it after a while. And so for me, it was, that was kind of, yeah. that was kind of it for me. So yeah. A show runs that long. It's kind of inevitable for yeah. a chunk of people. Um, yeah. I've got friends that swear by South Park to this day. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, they're just like, you're missing out. There's some really great humor and jokes in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I know. I just, I, I think I held on a little bit longer than you, but yeah, I stopped Yeah, a while ago. What about Arrested Development? Do you think that still holds up? Do you think that's when you would go back and watch again? Uh, I have. I think okay. it does. Okay. But it's also a very specific humor style. It is. Um, and I, I used haven't... to go. Ahead. Sorry, sir. Go ahead to start. But I was just gonna say I haven't seen the newest season. Yeah. I mean, I used to like uh, New Girl, but I don't know that I would ever go. But like, it was at a time when, like, that kind of stuff of being adorable was kind of interesting because I get a thought Zoo edition. I was. Uh, beautiful and so you watched it and the humor was funny and all of that but like that's also around the time where i'm here what in my 30s in la and mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I i don't know that i would ever go back and and watch it and i was done after the fourth or fifth season you know and so it was like ah yeah i get it oh yeah i think it was like seven or eight. Oh, let me see okay. here i think i think don't quote me on it just yet uh yeah it went from 2011 to 2018 so yeah seven seven seasons yeah so it just kind of got. It was like I was like, okay, I get it. I'm 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 kind of moving on from this. Um, yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm sure the people that watched it and it's run and watch it right after and that's their show. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I never. I saw an episode here or there, but I never, you know, watched the show. Yeah. But. Interesting. I know other okay. people that did. I got yeah. I got nothing against the show. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know though. That's that's a that's a tough question because because yeah, if I well, have watched it more than once, especially a television show, that's an investment, which means I really like that show. Right, right. So I don't know that I would spend that much time, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. If I go back and watch Office or something twenty years from now, or British Office, mm-hmm. will it still have the same humor and punch for me? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, we're at the 30-minute mark. It's a good place to wrap it up here, Matt, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks to everybody who sent in their questions. You know, this is so much fun. To hear for, thank you to Nicholas Baldwin for sending in that uh, recent question. Thank you to Bobo. Uh, and thank you to Heinrich for sending in their questions. It's always fun to hear what you all think. And this is one of the perks you get when you're a patron of the Top 10. Ladies and gentlemen, please spread the gospel of the Top 10. Get more and more people to come on to be patrons of the show as well. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your friends and neighbors, all of them. $5 and above, you get to send in your comments, thoughts, questions, and we answer it all here on the show, and you never know where we're going to go because we never read them ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Matt. Uh, that's it for this week's show. Um, follow the show at Top 10 Show or on Instagram at Top 10 Podcast with the number 10 and uh, YouTube.com forward slash uh, the Top 10 Podcast with the number 10. And you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Uh, you can follow me at the Roca says, uh, and you all take care of yourself. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of Topic Thunder. Thunder.